Portions of this program have been brought to you by Monarch Brand Premium Liquid Butter Alternative and by Caribou Coffee. Caribou Coffee. Life is short. Stay awake for it. Muffin. A story by Sky Odsley. October 2019. One plus two equals three. Twenty divided by four equals five. Six times six is thirty-six, yet seven minus seven somehow equals zero. These are math problems. I wish I could better explain how they work, but I can't. I'm not smart enough. I only know how to arrive at a solution to a math problem because someone taught me the trick to getting there. Basic math problems like these are easy to solve, which as I grow older I find insulting. The English language is so half-baked. There are way too many words with multiple meanings. Funny to say this, but a math teacher actually first pointed that out to me. He used the word bark as an example as in the sound a dog makes, or the skin that grows on trees. Those are two entirely different things, yet we gave them the same name out of what I can only assume is laziness. And that's what perturbs me. Everybody calls them math problems, but every math problem, even if the answer is infinite, has a solution. This is not at all similar to life's problems. Life's problems are woven through time-space, strangulating each hold it can. Life's problems await us before we are even born, and even stick around after we die. That may sound a bit extreme, but that's another thing about life's problems. They are extreme, even when silent and hidden. Life's problems are made of no natural element. They can't be whittled down or deconstructed. And if you can visualize this, they can even grow to the size of clouds that blind your every turn. Then, when sleep finally arrives, they can coil to a hair-thin stream, crawl inside your ear, and take over your dreams. Quite unlike math problems, life's problems have no solution. There is no trick to solving them. Like annoying co-workers or paying for car insurance, they're just something we all have to deal with. I'm not going to sugarcoat anything, although the centerpiece of this story was actually coated in sugar. Seriously. I could see its big, cubed granules of sugar shining dull in the white light of the coffee shop's pastry case soon after I arrived. And while standing in line behind a dumb old man, listening to him fumble with his wallet and phone in a failed effort to pay for his drink, I was allowed plenty of time to make up my mind on whether to buy the thing or not. It was a muffin. I wasn't sure what kind of muffin it was, or how much it cost, or even if it was only a display muffin and not an actual edible muffin. But despite all that unknown, as I stood there, watching the old man try to navigate a coupon app on his phone, I realized 
that the muffin was the only solution to my current problem. I was hungry. Not starving, but something anatomically beyond starvation. Something that likely has a medical name I'm not aware of. I had eaten that day. I'd actually cooked a meal for myself, destroying my entire kitchen in the process. Yet here I was, about to buy a muffin from a coffee shop at 6 p.m. to keep myself from fainting. That's the kind of person I've become. The 6 p.m at a coffee shop kind of person. Most people get coffee at 6 a.m. Others might get it around 10 a.m. And I'm sure a lot of them might head back around noon for a second cup. But coffee at 6 p.m.? And not only that, but this was my first cup of the day. Because this was the start of my day. I'd only been awake for about an hour at that point. My life is in shambles. Lately, I've been drinking so heavily that I black out around 1 a.m., yet somehow remain functioning enough to keep drinking for a few more hours. I think my brain is slowly deteriorating and that it's begun to short out when I drink. Either that, or maybe there's nothing of substance happening at those points in the night. And so there's nothing much for my brain to absorb. Maybe I'm not blacking out at all. Maybe the reason I wake up in the morning not being able to remember what happened is simply because there is nothing to remember. And that morning in the coffee shop, that 6 p.m. morning, was no different. I couldn't remember a damn thing from the night before. I remember doing some homework in the early evening and then leaving my place to get a drink. I remembered buying cigarettes at a little shop before wedging myself into the last available stool at the crowded bar I go to on my days off. I remembered ordering a beer and a shot, then another round a few minutes later. But from there was nothing more. Just pure black emptiness. The old guy in line ahead of me was still poking around on his phone, so I pulled out my own and consulted it for clues. I'd not only texted several people while blacked out, apparently I'd left the crowded bar not long after round number two, and gone to another crowded bar across the street to meet up with people. That's also how compact my life is now. Most of it takes place on a single block. But something different had happened the night before. Something of some substance. Yet I couldn't remember it at all. The last correspondence from my end had been a random-ass choice of emojis, followed by another solitary text of just one frowny-faced emoji. Both had been sent at 2.14 a.m. in response to a person asking where I had gone once the lights in the bar had come up. Even in a drunken haze, I had managed to tell the truth. Sending a frowny-faced emoji at 2.14 a.m. to someone who wants to know if I'm okay is probably the most honest writing I've done in the last two years. That little yellow face really says it all. 
It can't be put any better than that. Because that's my biggest problem in life. I'm unhappy. And I have no idea how to solve this problem. I'm getting fat. That's just one of the things that's been making me unhappy. It's natural to think that a solution to getting fat would be to exercise. But I recently changed gyms and the place I go now keeps all the equipment in the basement. Maybe it's just me, but there's something about working out while surrounded by gray stone walls that makes me feel like I'm in prison. I used to love going to the gym, but now I don't. Now I actually kind of hate going to the gym. The gym is really boring. Standing in one place and lifting something up and down a few times, then walking to another area of the room, picking something else up, sitting it down, and then picking it up again, then walking in place while staring at a wall, before running in place while staring at a wall. The monotony of working out has become too symbolic of life itself, and no longer brings me joy. Dieting is even more ridiculous, but for some reason I always fall back to thinking it will make me happy. That day, before walking to the coffee shop, I prepared myself a healthy meal. Then after putting all the pots and pans in the sink, I'd taken a photo of my pathetic food, so if I ever thought of cooking again, I could look it up and stop myself. That's how I always cook at home, in the form of punishment. For a while, I was only eating chicken and bone broth. Another time, I was convinced I could live off black beans alone. All my attempts at dieting are this dumb because I have no idea how to actually take care of myself. I always start a new diet by eliminating an entire food group. No more starches. No more fat. No more sugar. And that morning, I was certain that the answer to my problem was to give up all three. So I'd woken up and boiled a frozen piece of cod and then blanched some spinach in vinegar. It was a whole new me. This bland-ass meal was my one-way ticket to happiness. I'd eaten it standing in my kitchen, then showered all the while trying to remember if I'd paid my tab the night before. Then I'd gotten ready for work, but as I walked to my car, I knew the meal was not going to be enough. So I'd crossed the street to this coffee shop to grab something of substance. Something made of starch and fat and sugar. And there it was. One muffin, all alone, just like me. The old man finally paid and stepped aside, and I ordered my usual coffee, and then asked the girl working what kind it was. It was blueberry. I bought it and then left, crossing the grocery store parking lot beneath a gloomy, overcast sky as a winter wind kicked up and fluttered my pant legs. 
Then I climbed into my car and pulled the muffin out from its little paper bag and looked it over. This was going to be the happiest part of my day. That concludes this episode. For more information, go to skyoddsley.com www.skyaudsley.com